So, hello and welcome everyone to this new podcast episode. I'm your host Anand Neshankar, and today we have with us a very special guest, Mr. Joe Campion. So, hello, sir. How are you? I am doing excellent, and you, my friend? I'm also good. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, first of all, I want you to introduce yourself to our audiences. So, my name's Joe Templin. I am the author of Everyday Excellence, which is was the Amazon Kindle number one new release, and I am essentially a human kaizen expert. Uh, human kaizen is based upon the Japanese principle of kaizen that was introduced in the manufacturing world in 1970s by Toyota and spread to you know. General Electric, IBM, and all these other organizations, and they got incredibly great at these feedback loops and small changes to improve the quality of the manufacturing process. And I have essentially taken a, the concept, melded it with psychology, uh, motivation, um, exercise, and a bunch of other parameters to apply it to the human condition. because we each have the capacity to do so much more than what we are doing today that is literally almost unbelievable the human potential that we do not unlock and so that is part of my mission is to in a relatively simple and easy manner be able to show individuals how they can have drastic improvement in many parameters of their life and if we can improve on an individual basis then we can improve our families we can improve our offices we can improve our communities and ultimately our countries and world yeah that sounds good that you have published a book and i want to know that is it a self published book or you were you know uh, being to traditional publishers for that i ended up going through what's known as a hybrid publisher So it's still through a regular publishing house, but I have more control and ownership. So this way, oh, this I way. can do more with the book. But it's still available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, basically any place where you uh, purchase books. Plus, I can have distribution. through other channels which helps when I'm doing speaking at conferences and things like that so that we can get the book at a discount and be able to reach more people with it more people so what was the idea behind your you know when you were first you know you thought that you will write a book and what was your motivation to you know uh, to start your book so When my friends ask about the book and I joke that it took me a thousand hours once I sat down and started writing it but it took me 45 years to get to that point which is basically true because in a lot of ways I'm a polymath I don't like the term renaissance man because I can't draw a straight line even with a razor but I have a really vast background and in different interests I started college at 13 because my parents said 12 was too young. I'm a martial artist. I'm an ultra marathon. I was an applied physicist. I was an intelligence officer. Uh, I've written poetry for decades. I've studied psychology. As a financial planner, I wrote the CFP exam. So I've got this vast background. 
and I'm attracted to challenge for some reason. You know, if you want me to lay on the couch and, you know, go Sigmund Freud, we can do that. But so I've got this very vast background and a lot of it interplays with each other. And I was down in my weight room working out and I was listening to uh, Jocko Willink, the former Navy SEAL leadership development, who's also very much a stoic. And he was mentioning something that Aristotle said about uh, excellence is a habit. And it clicked off a neural change chain in me. You know, excellence is a habit. Habits happen every day. Everyday excellence. And all of a sudden, in my Satori moment, the Eureka moment, I had the vision for the structure of the book of using a quote, then having discussion and analysis around it so that people could get insight but then having an action item every single day. Because if you look at a lot of the other daily readers out there, like The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday or The Daily Laws by Robert Greene, they have discussion, but there's no mechanism to practice what was discussed for that day. There's no call to action like I end up having with everyday excellence and what that does is it crystallizes the concept from that day and it forces the micro changes that we need to improve over weeks and months oh, sounds very intriguing sir so uh, i want to know that how did you handle so much of things like uh, you were ultra marathoner and you were you know martial artist so uh, is multitasking your you know your habit how did you you know this, this, this is that? actually a really good question i love getting this because there are some things that call for multitasking you know so for example when i'm driving into the office i'm either doing phone calls with clients or i'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast or something like that so i'm getting double use of that time because we all only have 86,400 seconds in a day okay when i'm preparing dinner i'll be listening to something while i'm doing that i'm supervising kids doing homework while i'm making dinner and we're listening to something so i can get extra use of that time wherever possible so that's like the army knife approach to things on it but there's other times when you need to have complete and total focus where multitasking is actually going to reduce the productivity as opposed to increase it so when we get off of fall here today, I've got a half hour booked out to writing. I will literally set a timer on my phone and turn it on do not disturb so no notifications come on in. Um, I'm not gonna need the internet, so I'm gonna turn off the internet for that time period. And I'm just gonna literally roll up my sleeves and work as hard as I can for 28 minutes, then get up and have a cup of coffee and walk around and reset my brain. But by eliminating all distractions during that time and going like a laser beam, I can have much more energy much more. and in that 28 minutes do the equivalent of 45 or uh, an entire hour worth of work. And so switching between these things, between the incredibly intense multi-laser uh, focus that's using some components of your brain at max capacity and then doing very broad, diverse stuff where you're doing multiple things. It's almost like relaxing. And that 
then stresses different parts of the brain. And that's why I was just overusing relax a little bit. So it's like in, if you're lifting weights, you lift for one part of your body, then a different part, or as a runner, you know, we'll run sprints and then we'll jog and then we run sprints hard and then we jog and being able to go back and forth like that is one of the ways that you can maximize your performance. And to be able to do that though, is you need to minimize your switching. A lot of people have difficulty switching between tasks and part of it is because they're not set up to switch between tasks. So I have my list of the most important things that I need to do outside of my scheduled meetings today. So when I say I need to write for that half hour, I know exactly what I'm going to be working on. So I'm not going to be fumbling around for 15 minutes before I can actually sit down. I planned it out. What minute of planning prevents an hour of work or wasted time? I can literally finish, turn the things off, grab the coffee, sit down and go. As opposed to having to, oh, where's my pen? Where's this? Where's the stuff that I need? So it allows me to be able to focus and really get going into it. So that's one of the things that I do. Another thing that is very critical to having high productivity is making sure that you're physically and mentally and emotionally strong and recharged. So I get up every single morning and I do some meditation. I do some prayers. I grab my cup of coffee that's ready to go from the night before I sit down, I brain dump anything that's in my head. And then I go and I run for 20 minutes. Actually, before I do that, I read for about five minutes. I read my version of the book. I read uh, the daily uh, laws, do a couple other little things like that. So I'm prepping my brain. Then I go out and I get that workout in for 20 minutes. Then I sit down and I write. And I write for anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes afterwards. Then I go do my martial arts. Then I sit down and I write again. So it's literally, you know, I go downstairs, I train, I come upstairs, refill the coffee cup, sit down, roll right into the writing. And so by 6, 15, 6.30 in the morning, I've already taken care of my mental health. I've taken care of my spiritual health. I have uh, done some very good physical activity and I've created something for the day. So no matter what else happens during the day, I've already gotten a really good start. Yeah, sir. So I was when I was going to your profile. So I got to know that uh, you were uh, an international taekwondo champion. So I also did uh, taekwondo for quite a long time. So I wanted to ask from you that, uh, wow, how was your you know uh, martial arts journey? Like how were your trainings and how did you get into taekwondo? So I'm one of six kids and I'm the second oldest. And when I was 10 years old uh, in grade school, there were some other kids who were harassing my kid sisters on the bus. So my mom put them into Taekwondo and about a month later I joined. And so I've been doing it for basically 40 years at this point. And I switched schools when I went away to college because I started training with the school that was there. And as you can see, I'm a relatively thin individual. You know, I'm, I'm not huge. I was training with monsters. Some of these guys were maximum security corrections officers, special forces, police officers. These were big men that I was training with, big, tough guys. 
So I had to learn how to punch above my weight really quickly. And I, that's something that I have kept right along is being able to punch above my weight when it comes to what I do in terms of business as well as Taekwondo. And what my nickname among the other black belts was the computer because I used my brain uh, much more than a lot of the other ones. So I would break down my forms into the micro moves into two or three step sequences to unlock the secrets hidden there. I would practice those components over and over and over again, hundreds of times, and then build up the form, almost like putting together the Legos. And so my intellectual understanding of the martial arts was very, very advanced, but that was coupled with doing the hard work, doing the practice, doing the repetitions every single day. I mean, one of the things that my Taekwondo master taught me years ago before Malcolm Gladwell brought up the 10,000 hour rule is that to under, to do a technique, you have to do it a hundred times. To understand a technique, you have to do it a thousand times. And to master a technique, you have to do it 10,000 times. So I was actually training with um, a bunch of the black belts this weekend and they're a lot younger than me, the second and third and even the fourth degrees are 15, 20, 30 years younger than me, some of them. And I'm still faster than basically all of them because I do that basics every single day. Every single morning as part of my workout routine, I do at least 100 uh, center punches each hand, the first technique that I learned other than how to bow. And I have now done that technique over 10 million times each hand. So I don't have to think about it and I still maintain the speed. So it's going back to those fundamentals over and over again and not losing them that allows you to be able to develop the advanced and the excellent components. And that doesn't matter if it's music, it doesn't matter if it is in your relationships, your business or your martial arts. Focusing on your fundamentals and truly mastering them and having lots of different uh, things that you look at and study and understand, then it allows you to be able to take some basics from this area and some basics from over here and put them together in unique ways. And that's where you can add a lot of value. Yeah. That was really amazing, sir. And I think that your martial arts helped you in your ultra marathon career also. A absolutely, because with your black belt test, you're supposed to be pushed to your limit. Okay? And so if you've been pushed to your limits a couple of times, your limits expand. And when you go beyond what you thought was possible once or twice, you start expanding what you believe is possible, which is the only reason why I could ever even consider doing an ultra marathon. And so you learn to become comfortable with the uncomfortable. You learn to be very, you're not scared of going right to your limits because you're like, ah, it's just physical pain. You know, I'm not gonna die probably, so you know, I can push it. And so if you can take that idea you can apply that into the startup world. You can apply that to your business. You can apply that in all these other areas that 
you can then continually grow and expand yourself. And that's one of the ways that you become more productive in your work environment. That's one of the ways that you can have deeper relationships because when you're uh, 40 miles into a race, a 52 mile double marathon, and you have nothing left physically, not, you're starting to go crazy, you're losing your mind, and one of your friends calls you and they're having basically a, a crisis, and you spend the next eight miles helping them while you're just shuffling along you know continuing to move forward and you give what you thought was the last bit of your reserves to help somebody else you realize you still have more inside and so when the next crisis comes because there's always going to be another crisis it's called life then you have deeper reserves to tap into yeah so sir i want you to you know discuss that some mistakes that you did in your life so that one can learn oh, from all how long do you have for me to talk about my mistakes because <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, i'm a big comic book uh fan specifically thor as thor says in ragnarok i make grave mistakes all the time in fact the next training session that i'm doing later today for a group that i'm coaching is going to be all about failure because failure is one of the greatest feedback mechanisms you can get okay if you don't push your limits if you don't go and you know hit that wall you're not going to know where it is you're not going to know this is the limit of my capabilities and then figure out a way to overcome that limitation as ryan holiday's great book is called the obstacle is the way if you realize i can't accomplish this yet then you will start figuring out how to do it. and notice how i said yet Too many people say, I can't do this, and their subconscious, which is 80% of the power of the mind, really, is, is puts up that wall. It's like, all right, this is the limit. But if you say, I can't do this yet, that subconscious works towards finding the solutions around it. And you'll see new innovations, new approaches to training. Um, you know, they used to say that nobody could run a four-minute marathon uh, mile because they would die. Well. People run four minute miles all the time. Not me because I'm slow, but fast people do it all the time. Awesome. So by question, going to that limit and failing, then you know where that limit is and you start figuring out ways to expand that boundary. And so pushing yourself to the point of failure is one way to discover the truth. very rightly said so so now i want you to uh, tell our listeners that some advices that you want to give if you know any budding author or any new author wants to write a book so what are your five or let's say six advices to them so best advice one make it a habit okay habits are things that you do all the time so set it up I'm a big fan of James Clear's habit stack. So I told you about my morning habit stack of how I uh, operate each day. When I was writing the book, that second writing session, I would sit down and write at least two days in the book, no matter what. Didn't matter if it took 35 minutes or two hours, I had to do that before I could go on with the rest of my day. So that was my baseline that I built up. So build the habits and set up your environment so that you succeed. So, for example, if you need to write and you're easily distracted, 
go into a room where there are no distractions. Okay. If you need creative stimulation, go someplace where you can get the creative stimulation. If you're trying to lose weight, get the chips out of the house. You know, have no junk food, have the healthier alternative so that you can always make the less bad choice. So set the environment up so that you can succeed is the second thing around it. And the big thing for entrepreneurs, like the same thing as anybody who's trying to do anything significant, whether it's run an ultra marathon, uh, you know, win a tournament in martial arts, become a guitar virtuoso, write a bestseller. The same thing applies to all of these, especially in business and relationships is make the more difficult choice. In every situation, we have two potential choices. We have what's easy in the moment, what feels good, what's convenient. What's you know, convenient. I'm going to eat this donut instead of eating the healthy thing. I'm going to play the video games instead of cracking the book and studying for my exam. I'm going to avoid this conversation with my business partner or my relationship partner because, you know, I just don't want to like make waves at the moment. It'll be easier to avoid it. And you, what happens is you kick the can down the road and it compounds the, on the front of the book. We got this nice layer of growth curve. If you ignore a problem, the problem grows as Dr. Jordan Pearson talks about the dragon gets bigger and it's more difficult to slay. However, if you do the difficult thing up front, if you have that difficult conversation with your business partner, they're going to get in line and they're going to start working harder. And so it, you personally don't get burned out as quickly. You know, if you go and run in the rain, even though you don't like to, it's going to make you stronger and more resilient. If you eat the healthy food instead of having the donut, if you don't smoke the cigarette, if you study the stuff. So there's a higher activation energy if we wanted to think like a chemist for a moment, but it produces better results because if you do the difficult thing now, everything else is easier. But if you do the easy choice now, then life becomes much harder later. I'd rather have the hard stuff now and get the rewards for it. So for all of your listeners, I would say, what is the most difficult thing that you can be doing? You should probably be doing it. So thank you so much, sir. Um, I want you now to give some concluding messages to our listeners that you feel. So, you know, as I said, do the most difficult thing, but as importantly as that, is to remember we are all part of a giant network every human being is a node on this planet and you interact with 50 maybe 100 other nodes a day are you adding value in those interactions are you taking from them emotionally are you taking from them financially? Are you taking from them time-wise? Or are you contributing? Because we have a near limitless supply of energy internally. And so we should share that on a positive basis. So if I can make other people smile, if I can help others, if I can serve more people, what that's going to do is every person that I do that with, they're now going to resonate at a higher frequency too. 
they're going to be able to be in a happier position. We can talk about the biochemistry on this. We can talk about psychology around it, or we can talk about the metaphysical aspects of it. Just do it because it's the right thing and it feels good is what it comes down to. But the more people you help, the more good you do for other people, that resonates and it will all come back to you and improve the world around you. So do as much good as you can as often as you can. And then you don't really have to worry. As long as you're continuously doing that, stuff will work out pretty well. So this was today's episode, guys. I hope that you all liked it. Uh, so follow us on all the audio listening platforms. I'll leave the links in the description. And check out Sir's book. And the links will be in the description. Thank you so much, sir, for being on our show. Be excellent. Congratulations. Yeah.